Welcome to another episode of the Unskewed Weekly Review, a show where we provide you an immersive discussion of under-the-radar news topics and as close to an unbiased review as possible. I'm your co-host, Goose, and joining me in the discussion, as usual, is my longtime pal, Smitty. As always, we're extremely thankful that you have taken the time to allow us into your home as we navigate interesting topics. If there's any feedback you'd like to make us aware of, or if there's a topic you want to hear us discuss, please let us know. We're developing a product that we hope will resonate with as many of our listeners as possible. This week, our conversation takes a way different course than it has in the past few weeks. This time, there are no news articles. We hope you enjoy the President's Day edition of the Unskewed Weekly Review. Smitty, how's your week been before we uh, jump into the discussion? Dude, it's been uh, fantastic, man. Been uh, uh, had a two-day weekend here, so I was able to really make the most of it. Um, partied on Friday night, went snowboarding last night, and now we're podcasting on Sunday night. So, so that was a that was a great snowboarding uh, experience was, out, outside awesome. of the uh, the amenities. The amenities uh, did kind of they kind of sucked, but. Yeah, snow is great. That's what we came for. We we didn't come for the ten dollar hot dogs and fries. We came for the, we came for the nice snow. That was good. That was some of the better snow I think I've snowboarded on too. Yeah, I'm. I feel like I'm finally locked. I'm like dialed in, like locked in and dialed in and and ready to go. And it's only uh, it's only February, so hopefully we get some good March snow and hopefully uh, we got some spring snow too. So yeah, no, that, that. that might have been my best snowboarding ever too. I, I was I was rocking it yesterday. I, I felt pretty you confident. You You're looking so good, man. I'm, yeah, I'm excited. Um, yeah, no, it's been a bit of a stressful week for me, but my job's been stressful uh, for the last five weeks. So you know, it's to be expected. Just got to handle it and uh, turn right when the people fall off the lift. You know. Yeah, just, exactly. Just get going. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. All right. Uh, so we we said that this was uh, the President's Day edition. Um, so that there's really only one thing to talk about, which is United States presidents. Um, they're an interesting group of individuals, 46 of them to be exact. Um, we're not just going to sit here and talk about presidents. We've we've got some 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 sort of organization here. But uh, Smitty, what 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 should we expect to to hear about uh, today as we as we discuss these? Uh, interesting fellows so as we were sitting here kind of brainstorming what to talk about um you know we, we a few ideas came out like which president would you want to have a beer with um you know which president had the most like chill the pull ratio or, or whatever just kind of some random topics and we kind of got to the point where we're like okay like yeah there's some like presidents you could definitely have a beer with but like is there is there meat on the bone on that one so we started just coming up with like we we are at ask, answering that question, but we started going through and asking some other questions. So the first question is, um, which president would you most want to have a drink of beer with? And what are our other topics as well? Just so we, have um, good, uh, we oh, just so like a little overview. Up, okay, you know? yeah, 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 yeah. Got to get yeah, the yeah. people warmed up. You know what I'm saying? So, um, which president would scare you the most in real life? Uh, which president would you want to be in office if there were to be a zombie apocalypse? Uh, between two former presidents, who would you want to see in a boxing match and who would win? And the final question, if you could be anyone of the presidents, which one would you be and why? All right. 
Well, I'm I'm ready to dive in. I'm I'm kind right, of excited. I, I, I'm I excited wanna, too. I kind of want to hear who you have to say first. I, oh, you I want me to go first? Okay, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I I don't know. I I could probably I I don't know. No, I'll go first. I'll go first. All right, I'll go first. I'm excited to go first. Okay, so the answer to my question: Which president would you most want to drink a beer with? I picked George Washington. Of course, you did. Um, I'm interested. Reasons, why? Yeah, the reasons I picked George Washington: He was the first president, so I just thought like that'd be kind of cool. Like he, it's so weird being the first to do something because you set so many things in motion and it can be like very arbitrary things, but those things all become precedent. Like think about his like four years in in office, like that set the standard for the rest of, you know, that term that set the rest of the, you know, all the other presidents follow that. Like that's just, it's like, this is what George Washington did. So that's how we're going to do it. Um, I also think it took a tremendous amount of like self-control to step away from power. And, you know, when I was kind of like thinking of George Washington at first, I was like, you know, I think I'd more want to have a beer with Washington because he'd probably have like a lot of like wisdom and anecdotes. Um, but as I researched him more, he was actually pretty lit. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, I didn't know this either. So he spent 7% of his income on booze while he was in office. Think about that. 7% of your income on booze. I kind of wonder if we've spent that percentage. No way. There's, I, I don't think you're spending that much money on booze. That's a lot of, that's a lot of money. Yeah. That, that, it, I mean, yeah, that, that's, I mean, I don't know how much money he had. I mean, he was a plantation owner. So, I mean, he, yeah. I know he had to be raking in the cash. Um, yeah, I that that could that that could be. I mean, end. honestly, let's do. Hold on, let's do some math here. So let's say a person makes, let's say they make eighty thousand dollars a year. Okay. Okay. And so that's fifty six hundred dollars. Um, if that's seven percent, that's fifty six hundred dollars of their income a year on alcohol. So that's a hundred and seven dollars. That's actually not. You know, when I like read that, I thought it was way more, but like a hundred and seven dollars a weekend on alcohol is. It's a little on the high end, not crazy, but if you're like drinking like super nice alcohol, you're going like wine tasting, but that's also too every freaking weekend you're doing that too, assuming you're doing that. Yeah. I mean, when we go out to the, to the bar on Friday or Saturday night, I mean, I would say probably, I guess if you're putting it, but that's just two on people. Me, that's two people. That's yeah, two people. Like, ugh, man. So yeah, 7% is kind of, that's pretty significant actually. So Yeah. Um, but he was he was definitely a drinker then. Yeah, he was he was raging. He was raging hard. Um he was all and also too, he like uh he ended up having one of the like largest whiskey distilleries in America at one point too. So he was Okay. He, he was he putting was in work on alcohol. Sampling, yeah, he was sampling his own product, yep. no doubt. And then also too, you know he has some epic war stories as well. Like he was in, you know, the Revolutionary War, obviously, but he was in a bunch of minor conflicts like before then with mm -hmm. the British and everything else. So, you know, he's probably got some like epic stories there too. And the last thing that I thought was like pretty neat is apparently he, like we all hear about George Washington's horse, right? That's like a, mm -hmm. I feel like a thing. Well, he was also a dog breeder too. He loved his dogs. Um, he bred all sorts of different dogs at, um, in Martha's vineyard. And yeah, I just thought that was like, I was like, wow, this guy, like he likes dogs. He Martha's likes vineyard. What? Martha's Vineyard. 
No, nah, dude, it? that's no? Martha's Vineyards in Massachusetts. That's where uh, the Kennedys. Oh were. shoot! Okay, you're that's thinking of uh, you're thinking of Mount Vernon. That's what I was thinking of Mount Vernon. Yep. My See, bad. this is where this is where you need a history teacher. Yep. Thank God. Thank this God. This guy likes here. to walk around thinking he knows everything about history, and then he. See, see, you once told me, you once told me those who can do, those who cannot teach. Well, guess what? You need the can nots to help you can. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to take that back. That's fair. (laughs) You brought, you brought the Martha's video. God. Southerners. Uh, If there's any Southerners that end up listening to this, they're probably rolling around. Just be like, he ain't no Yankee from the North. Uh, hey, you know what? I got you, and you you can Thank fact you. check me that's, if you need that's to. That's what I, I. I'm sorry. That's why I I knew it was one of those Martha's Vineyard. <laughs> one of uh, one of one start. of Smitty's uh, cringier moments on this podcast. Uh, well, you know, you say anything <laughs> with enough confidence, people believe you that you're right. Um, that's that's sad too. So, but yeah, so he likes dogs. He likes to drink, and he probably has a lot of good stories. I would like to have a beer with George Washington. All right. Um, I feel like I feel like mine. He he could be applicable to a lot of different scenarios. I think I know um, who you're going with, but I, I'm going to go ahead and say that Teddy Roosevelt. Yeah, I knew it. That, I freaking knew how it. How did you know? Freaking, how did you know? I mean, we'll we'll get we'll get we'll get back to that later. Yeah. yeah. No, I kind of I kind of want to hear why you why you why you think uh, we'll do a little compare and contrast. Why you think I would chose him? I mean, literally, you can basically apply all the reasons I just applied to Washington, and you can apply them to Theodore Roosevelt. Like, dude, is he's adventurous. He, like, has a very, very interesting life. Like, lots of twists and turns. Like, there was never a dull moment in Theodore Roosevelt's life. Um, he seems to be, like, charismatic, too. Like, I mean, that, that's just, like I said, everything you could apply to George Washington... Except for being the first president, of course, you can kind of apply it a little bit to Theodore Roosevelt. I feel like you could. Um, you know, I'll I'll start by by saying that you know, who knows if he was faking it or if this was just like, you know, just sep- such an epic guy had to have an epic dying quotation. But you know, as he was on his deathbed, he apparently said, "No man has had a happier life than I've led. A happier life in every way." Like. Wow, that's legit. That those were some of his last words. Um, but you know, he did he did some really like he he seemed like somebody that the the common person would be able to get along with. Now, obviously, he was a president and, and a politician, so that there is kind of a divide on that. But um, you know, the fact that he was pretty active in in like securing workers' rights and things like that. Um, you know, he had his trust busters and, you know, we have him to thank for the Sherman Antitrust Act, which I feel is going to be kind of a pretty, I feel like that's got to become something with that's got to be coming up here in, in the near future. Like there's so many companies just like you would hope merging. You honestly hope. And it's like, it's like, I'm surprised that more has, I mean, I guess there is stuff going on with like the airlines right now. Well, there um, actually, there's a, there's a bit of, I know from the pharmacy world, like, uh, I think I'll, I won't say Albertsons and Fred and Kroger tried to merge recently. Yep. Yep. And that basically got shut down. So, so yeah. there's that. And I know yep. there's something going on with like JetBlue and American Airlines. Cause like if you fly on JetBlue, you can get like airline miles for American Airlines and stuff. And they think like 
uh, you, you guys are two different companies and you're not really affiliated with each other. This kind of smells like you guys are going to try to team up or something, but, um, yeah, I mean, he was a pretty worldly guy for his times. You know, he traveled a lot. I like traveling. You know, he went to a bunch of different places. Like he went on a safari in Africa after he lost the election. Um, after I think, well, he tried running. It was after, cause I think he tried running a third term after serving his initial two. Uh, yeah. The bull moose party, right? Um, no. So he, he lost, I think he lost the election and then he came back four years later and tried going on the progressive party ticket. Um, but he traveled a lot and he actually like, he helped negotiate the end of the Russo Japanese war and actually made an immigration agreement with Japan as well. Apparently it was a gentleman's agreement. It wasn't like a, you know, official policy, but kind of opened the door to more friendly relations between the U S and Japan after that. Um, and I'd really also like to pick his brain on like all the conservationism that he did. Cause we do have him to thank for, for the national park system. Um, and we wouldn't be able to enjoy those things, you know, if it, if it weren't for him, I mean, maybe at some point it would have come across, but, um, not that I'm like a big old nature guy. Like I do like getting out and about, but, but I'd love to to like hear some of his thoughts on like what it's like for him, like hanging out in nature. And like, for all we know, he could have been like a big ass hippie for his time, which he probably, I mean, he pretty much was like his progressivism was like unheard of for that time. And so, yeah, I think that's what was kind of cool about like back in the day is that you could like hold like you could be a conservationist and no one was like, oh, you're a freaking like hippie. It's like, no, that's just like, I like animals. And I like nature. No one was like, oh, yeah, that's cool. Like, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, if you're maybe that's just like me, like living like in this time and like looking back. But I just I feel like that wasn't like really, a, you know. That was like kind of like people are just more, you know, like you didn't just because you like believe a certain thing. It didn't necessarily pigeonhole you. I mean, I'm sure there are some things that people had beliefs on and it was probably different. Uh, different things people got made fun of for, but you know, yeah, I'm sure the, you know, with, with like the whole antitrust stuff and then like conservationism, I'm sure he definitely pissed off some of these, you know, tycoons, you know, set yep. inside that, land that couldn't be used yep. because, you know, Hey, we should be able to enjoy nature as opposed to tear it down. Cause that's like what was really going on. Like I th- that was like a big response to like the boom in the logging industry back then. And he like realized he's like, oh shit, like we're cutting down all our trees. Like we, we got to have something like, like we have this beautiful country and we're just tearing it down bit by bit. You know, I'd love to hear what he had to say on that, but, um, yeah, I would totally drink beer with, with Teddy Roosevelt, like just for, for the time he lived in the, like how much he traveled and like how many different places around the world he was able to see. Um, that would be, that'd be pretty interesting. No, I, I think that's a, that's a, Teddy Roosevelt's a solid choice. Like you, I, I knew, I feel like it's like a lot of people who know about the presidents would probably say the same thing. Like it's kind of like a no brainer, but, but I, I have to agree. I have to agree. 
Although if we were saying foreign leaders, I would just want to have one drinking session with uh, Winston Churchill. I would say that, but he's not. Oh, he'd, he'd drink you under the table. But oh, he would. Fine. he would. Yeah. He would. Yeah. But, but yeah. that would be a topic for another day. Yes. Since uh, we're talking about America right now. Yeah. Yeah. President's Day. All right. You know, fun fact. Uh, yeah. why, why, why is President's Day celebrated around Isn't this Isn't there two, birth two presidents' birthdays today? Two very famous presidents. Um, Lincoln's one of them, I think. Yeah. Right? And then Washington's the other one, right? Yep. It's not necessarily today, but I it's believe near, it's around. I, I believe right? February twenty second is uh, Washington's birthday, which makes me feel special because that's my half birthday. So, you know, I'm gonna throw some in here. Honorable mention, uh, Benjamin Franklin. Uh, I know he was never a president, but I feel like he was like pretty close. Now we're just talking about presidents, but Dude, like... that guy brought syphilis to the North American continent. He did. I'm pretty sure he was like, he had major, I'm going to look this up. I know he had something to do with bringing syphilis to, to the, uh, what became oh, that's the freaking United awesome. States. I'm looking it up right now. That is, I mean, I, it doesn't shock me. Cause I know he was like, he was kind of like a, you know, uh, he's kind of like the playboy of his time. Right. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Um, there are false rumors about him dying from it. Okay. Um, I'm I mean, what shocked here. me because once you got that back in the day, you were you were toast, and it was an awful, awful way to go. Yeah. Um. He did have uh, enthusiasm for smallpox inoculation, apparently. Um. Interesting. According to the Smithsonian Magazine. Um. Let's see here. Uh, I don't know. I, maybe it, maybe it's a rumor, but it's like a it's like a funny story that because I know I know syphilis syphilis came from South America, so I think it was endemic to the Americas to begin with. I don't know if he brought it. I I don't know. Yeah, I'm I'm looking here. I I don't want it to like I don't want to look at anything wrong here. There there is no scholarly evidence that he had it, but it was very well known that when he would travel to Europe, he would. He would hang out with uh, be macking on friends, friends of the night, and yep, uh, yep. yes. Um, but yeah, I, that's a good honorable mention, even though yeah. he wasn't. That would be yeah, yeah that would yeah. be a good one. Yeah, I just had to throw that in there because we're just you know lots of founding fathers and old yeah. dudes, and yeah, yeah. All right, you All ready right. for question number two? I am ready for question number All two. All right, moving right along here. Which present do you think would scare you the most in real life? you ever like known someone and this is starting my answer you ever like know somebody we don't we don't have to name anybody here but you ever know somebody who just like they just send it without really knowing what he's getting into dude i think we picked the same person <laughs> i think we picked you want to you want to do a countdown uh sure yeah let's do let's do a countdown. all right yeah, well, yeah. on the count on the count of one counting down from three we'll both okay. say it at the same time okay three two one Harry Truman. Oh, we did pick the same one. Okay. All right. Now I'm curious to see. I'm super curious to hear your answer now. Okay. So so this is where I'm going and I'm it's I'm keeping it simple. Oh man, here, this is a good answer. This is a good answer. This but, is right. Yeah. Like the 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 history around this guy is is super interesting and and that that we you know, we could definitely dedicate some more time to that later on, but this guy didn't know anything about nuclear bombs. Like he was excluded apparently from like any talks oh about, yeah yeah about about the nukes and i saw an interesting tidbit as i was kind of like researching 
around, he only spent 82 days as the vice president. And he wasn't in any of the other talks, um, like as the Manhattan Project was going on. Um, it was actually, um, so he wasn't, he actually was not Roosevelt's, you know, obviously now that you know, 82 days, he was not Roosevelt's um, vice president until his last term that he got elected. Um, it was a man, I believe it was Henry Wallace was his name. I'm, I'm just double yeah, checking think... here. Uh, there's some super interesting stuff that I've learned um, watching some documentaries and shit. Uh, but yeah, he was, um, he was Roosevelt's vice president for most of Roosevelt's administration. And he got strong armed by his yep. own party to, to leave. Cause he was like, he was way too progressive apparently, you know, like he, yeah. Was, yeah. he was an agriculture guy and he was like, um, we need to learn from like African Americans and native Americans and Mexican Americans about how to do our redo our agriculture, like especially during the you know Great Depression, and you had all these you know we had the Dust Bowl and everything yep, like yep. that, um, and and it was like known that not white people's farming practices w worked better. Interesting. And that's I why had, that, like, no he credited he credited the Dust Bowl with you know poor farming practices and and you know we had to go back to our roots uh, essentially and like learn from you know disenfranchised people who actually knew what the hell they were doing but weren't being listened to but that's a different story um i'm keeping it simple here with truman like because he didn't really know a whole lot about the nukes and just kind of decided to do it anyway. He apparently didn't listen to Eisenhower when Eisenhower was kind of like, uh, are we sure this is what we want to do? Like, apparently, wow, that's he, fascinating. Like, apparently the use of the nuclear bombs, I was seeing this also as I was kind of looking around tonight. Like, the use of nuclear bombs, like, soured their relationship, like, between Eisenhower and Truman. Apparently they were, like, big-time allies during the war. And that just like ruined their friendship. Um, and I know that we want to try not to apply the, you know, ideals of the present to, you know, historical uh, events. Um, you know, we can, you know, we can say like, okay, yeah, like Trail of Tears, not a good thing. Uh, Holocaust, definitely not a good thing, you know. But you know, we can also say that, well, if the nukes weren't used, then what would have happened with exactly. World War II? Like, it could have dragged on five more years. It would have gotten disgusting. Yep. Um, but just the fact that he didn't apparently really know a whole lot about what was going on and, like, the impact that that's had. Like, here we are sitting 80 years later, like, wondering, well, when's the next nuke going to fly? And it's just kind of scary. And, you know, while there's pros to, to having used the nukes in world war two, like just, I don't, I don't think he really, I wasn't there, so I can't make a big assumption, but I, I, I wonder how much thought was put into the long-term impacts of having used nuclear bombs. It was kind of like, it seemed like a rash decision you know, 
good in the moment, but now here we are and that's like all anybody talks about. And that just scares me about, you know, there's times where I, you know, we're all of us, we just do like dumb shit. We're just like, Oh, let's go, man. Like, but you know, I would, I would be scared of this. And apparently he was like super angry all the time. And you know, there's some odd backroom conversations that he had about who he hated and whatnot. It's like, dang, this guy was just going around people's backs and doing weird shit. So that's who, that's why I chose Truman. Yeah. I think, I think we sometimes, uh, when we look back on a crisis, it's easy to like, um, it's easy to be like, oh, this is what we should have done, you know? And that, yeah. that's what makes it, that's what makes the shoulda, coulda, woulda. I mean, that's, that's what makes it hard to know for sure. Like, you know, the nukes, I mean, I, I personally, I have to believe that invading Japan through, like, that would have been a meat grinder. Oh, that was like, a bloodbath just waiting like, to happen. Like, my favorite statistic about that is they made the, like, War Department, I forget, like, who makes purple heart medals, but they were basically, like, um, you need to start making these like more of them because they were worried about the Japanese invasion. They are still like they up until recently they were still handing out those same medals because that's how Jeez. much of a surplus they had ready for the invasion of Japan. Like it, it would have been a mess, been a mess. Damn, you know. And I think people were tired of the war, and it's like, hey, this is a this is a way to end this. But like, what's hard is you know, and I'm sure too, like. I'm sure there's technology out there now that like it's like hey like once you open Pandora's box this is out in the world and yeah. um I'm guarantee you there's been decisions that have been made not to use technology because of the that very reason so the other just, part that's scary about it too is the like people in 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 Truman's cabinet or like even in his inner circle like yeah yeah let's actually do this to show the Russians what we have like, yeah, I've taught about that in, in, you know, cause I, I've done a lesson in U S history before where it's like, should the nukes have been used and blah, blah, blah. And it's always a great discussion, but like one of the pieces of evidence, where is this like this one guy, I forgot who it was, but he was just like, who cares about the, the end of the war? Like, let's actually use this thing in real life, not just in the middle of nowhere and just, we're going to show the Soviets what we have. And then it's like that. I think that's the scary part that Truman was like allowing that to be whispered in his ear and probably took it at face value. So, yeah, he seemed to be, I don't know a lot about him, but he seemed to be much more in lockstep with the uh, kind of establishment. I feel like of the time than uh, Roosevelt did. And I thought that's like why they kind of put him with Roosevelt was because they're like, Oh, Roosevelt's like too friendly with Stalin. And Truman yeah. was not like, um, he would definitely wasn't that. So no, now I, I do like, you know, some of the things that some of the policies he pushed, like Truman doctrine, you know, pretty solid. You know, I'm, I'm a big fan of the Marshall plan that came about as a result of that. Um, you know, he desegregated the yep. military, yep. which was, that was super big, but yeah, the nukes thing kind of scares me sometimes. Yeah. Like, damn. <laughs> It's it's funny that you went with a guy with a short temper too, because I I kind of did the same thing. Yeah, let's hear yeah. it. 
So I picked Andrew Jackson and I was I thinking about him, but for me, it just seemed like a little too cliche, but at okay. least for me, but not, not for you, you know, but go, go for it. Um, so what's interesting about Andrew Jackson is he has one of the, uh, he has one of the smallest BMIs for presidents. Interesting. Yeah. So How did they he, measure that? Because that's so really he, a thing back then. Well, you have their height and you have their weight, so you can do a BMI. That's all you need this for is, a BMI. This is true. So he only weighed 154 pounds. And he Jeez. was six foot one. So he was a he was a skinny boy, but he like he freaking he got he like had a super fiery temper. Um, I mean, his nickname was Old Hickory because he was kind of stubborn too, and um, he dueled like over a hundred men. But apparently back in the day, so I didn't, as I was researching this, I, I kind of was like, you know, because I, I knew he had this like dueling and kind of temper oh, yeah. issues. Yep. Um, so apparently the duels was, is like, it was kind of a giant match of chicken. Um, so basically what you would do is you wouldn't actually try to shoot the guy. You try to shoot him like as close as you could. And it was kind of like a, like a, it's like, oh, I like could kill you, but like be a man and like, and just like prove that you can stand in front of me while I shoot a gun at you, I guess is what most of it was. He only killed one guy who insulted his wife. And I was like, okay, that's, that's pretty fair. Um, but he just like, he kept challenging everyone to a duel. And he kind of reminds me of like the friend, like, you know, the, like you want to wrestle, like, except with guns. <laughs> um, so yeah, I picked Andrew Jackson cause he has a, he has a fiery temper. Um, he, had an assassination attempt on him or a guy like in the, in the Capitol building. Yeah. And then he just beat the crap out of him too. Um, <laughs> so he just, I don't know. He just seemed like kind of a, like a fire, a, like a hothead. And I wouldn't want to like, you know, be around him and like tell him something that he didn't want to hear. Cause he'd probably like challenge me to a duel. So that's why I picked <laughs> Andrew Jackson. Jeez. He will come up again later up later on. I will. Oh, nice on your end. Good, good. Yep. I'm, I'm excited yep. to. I'm excited to see yep. it. Okay, so question number. Are you ready for question three? Oh yeah, I'm. I'm always. Don't want to. Don't want. Okay. Which president would you want to be in office if there were to be a zombie apocalypse? This is probably. I think this is my second favorite question that I had to answer. Do you want me to go first, or do you want I'm, to go I'm first? I'm interested in in who you have. Um, I I don't think you're going to guess who I have. I'll I'll tell you what. Guess who I have, and I'll I just want to see. <laughs> I feel like I gotta dig really deep. <laughs> Don't think too hard about it. Just throw throw out a name. Millard Fillmore. No, not nope, not even close. I think I think my answer is gonna surprise you, honestly. Yeah. Uh, John F. Kennedy. Okay. Do All tell. right. So so this is my reasoning. So the first. The first main reason is surprisingly, John F. Kennedy actually had a pretty large personal gun collection. That's kind of surprising. Yeah. So he, uh, he actually like, he was all about like kind of gun ownership too. Like he had this like program where I guess people are like, he bought an M1 Grand um, hmm. for $169. Uh, Colt made him a revolver. And what's kind of sad is he never got to shoot it because um, he was assassinated. So that was kind of a bummer. Um, and then this is this one too. When I heard this, I was like, imagine, imagine this today. And today's America, if this happened. He went to visit Eisenhower and they shot clays. Like they took shotguns out and they shot clay pigeons. Like, hmm. can you imagine like Donald Trump and Barack Obama or <laughs> Donald Trump and Joe Biden shooting clays together? Like, I think that would honestly be like kind of good for the nation. Like just like two presidents, like, 
opposing views ish. I mean, I think things were I feel a little like that more. Would turn, that would turn into a duel real fast. <laughs> I mean, two, it, I two like nowadays, largely yeah. immobile men. Yeah, <laughs> no, but it was just like, <laughs> it was just like I thought that was so cool. It's like like there were two presidents that you know different political parties, and I think I think there's more um, in common between the two parties back then than there is now. Um, but I just thought that was like really cool. Um, additionally, he was in pretty good physical shape. You know, he played tennis, he sailed like, so I was like, okay, he can run away from the zombies if he has to, just like in the black ops, uh, zombies campaign. That was so real, you know, that was so real. That's true. Yeah. I forgot. I totally, I can't believe I that. That already that happened. More. Yeah. That it already happened. happened. And then lastly, like he already kind of had some near apocalyptic events that he had to deal with as president. So I feel like he, you know, I feel like he could kind of manage a crisis a little bit. So you got to have Bobby Kennedy to tell the, uh, tell the zombies to stand down. Yep. Yep. So no, I, I thought it was just a cool, I thought like between his gun collection, he's in good physical health and, um, you know, his crisis management, I thought that that would be the guy that we need in charge for the zombie apocalypse. It's funny that you mentioned uh, Dwight Eisenhower because I I chose him. Oh, I would that. So originally, I was going to pick Eisenhower, and then um, I when I saw that, I think Kennedy actually had a larger gun collection. I don't know if he had a larger gun collection, but it was like I just uh, I don't know. I just I decided to go with Kennedy. So, well, the the funny thing is, is I bet you if you teamed these guys up, you know, it sounds like Kennedy is the more active. Uh, in the in the gun use uh, department, whereas Eisenhower actually did not spend any time actually in combat. Like he did go to the front lines, and you know he that's like super famous about him. Is like he wasn't afraid to go to the front, check in on the troops and whatnot uh, during World War II as the supreme commander of all Allied forces. So that was kind of a big deal. Like he wasn't afraid to just get in there. Like, um. But he's where you would have your planning and logistics. Like if you're mobilizing a bunch of people to get a job done, this is the guy you want running that whole job. Like it was known that from what, from what we know about the battles, he didn't get to plan, especially if you look at a, if you're familiar with the operation market garden at all, um, which was like supposed to be a second D-Day invasion, but of the Netherlands, and it went like terribly wrong. He didn't plan it. Um, he he had the uh, I think the British planned that one, um, but uh, you know he he wasn't afraid to get his hands dirty. He you know he's the he created the the D-Day attacks, um, and I do like that he was like all about you know putting on, you know, a front for, for the enemy is like, Hey, let's put some inflatable tanks and armor up here and, and make them think we're going this way and, and blah, blah, blah. Um, but, um, the, the main, the, the two points that I have, you know, you talked about running away and stuff. The two points I have about why he'd be good is because he was the first president to ride in a helicopter. Uh, okay. so, so he probably, uh, you know, would definitely, you know, have some knowledge about that, but he does have experience of trying to fend off unwanted living beings from his estate. Um, he wanted to hire somebody. I'm going to, I'm going to go, I'm going to go into this. So, so he, he put a, he put a putting green and like a chipping green in the white, on the white house grounds. 
like it was known that he was an avid golfer. Um, and so he's like, Hey, you know, fuck the white house garden. We're putting in like a mini golf course and I can chip and pot awesome. and do all yeah. this stuff. He got really pissed off because of all the squirrels on <laughs> white house grounds and they were chewing up his putting green. He actually wanted to hire somebody who would shoot squirrels on demand on the white house property and you know, his cabinet and like his attendants were like, uh, we can't really be running around with shotguns on, on the white house property. Like we're in the middle of the city here. Like we can't just be popping off shotguns around here. Um, so instead they had to hire a, uh, they had to hire like, you know, an animal control guy and they would just yeah. like take the squirrels, trap them and then humanely release them in the park somewhere. But there, I, I shouldn't have closed the window, but apparently he got like super angry. He's like, ah, get all the goddamn squirrels off my putting green. Like, so we know that he would be willing to, to, you know, excuse me. He'd be willing to put out, pull out all the stops to, to get the, the unwanted zombies out of the way. So I like that it. was, that was actually kind of a savior for me at first. I was like, at first I was just like, Oh, here's what I know about him and doing all these things. And, and, you know, he, he pretty much made sure that the Western victor, the Western front was successful in Europe, but it's like, he, he wanted to get rid of the squirrels. Imagine the squirrels are zombies. Good training. I like there. it. So I like it. That's where, that's where I went with that. No, I, that's a, that's a solid answer right there. Solid answer. All right. We're on to our, our next one here. Probably my boxing favorite, match. my favorite question. Dude, there, so there's far. some, there's some, there's some good stuff here. My favorite um, question so far. Um, so, so Smitty, uh, say there's a boxing match between two, uh, two former presidents. What's that going to look like? And who do you think is going to win? Okay. <clears throat> In the right corner. Standing at 5'8 and 230 pounds. I have Zachary Old Rough and Ready Taylor. <laughs> so my reason for Zachary. So, okay, I'm going to say this. So he's Wait, who's definitely. He, who's he going against? Oh, and standing in the. So I would say the right corner for Taylor, right? Standing in the left corner. I think, you know, you know, you all know who this is. Stay at 5'10 and 237 pounds. Theodore the Lion Roosevelt. <laughs> All right. Tell me about it. All right. So let's break this down. So Zachary Taylor. I also too, I'll say this. They face each other in their primes, not during office, because as you know, Zachary Taylor was one of the presidents that died uh, during office. Mm-hmm. He probably wasn't like in the best of health when he got inaugurated, but uh, you know, I'm sure that in his prime, he could probably he could probably hang with the best of them. Um, so his nickname was Rough and Ready um, because he was always willing to get his boots dirty with his troops. He had 40 years of active service in the military. Um, so he was in the Black Hawk War, the Second Seminole War, the Mexican-American War, and mm, his that's stature. A interesting resume there, but well, that, his, that can be tabled. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, not like those are I'm, those are very controversial conflicts in American history, but his stature was kind of what I was like, okay, he's five, eight, 
230 pounds. Granted, that was once he was in office, but like again, he was a he was a, he was like I'm sure he was he was pretty strong. Um, and you have to be like physically fit to be in the military. So I was like, okay. And Theodore Roosevelt, obvious, obvious choice. Um, so back in 1869, uh, he actually got beat up by two older boys on a camping trip. And after that, he was like, I need to learn how to fight. So he was, he had been teaching himself how to box. So right there, that made him, there you, you know, ready, like a fighter, ready to be born. He was in charge of the Rough Riders, so yep. you know he's not he's not afraid of conflict. He's he's ready to go. Um, the the biggest one though was during his assassination attempt on October fourteenth of nineteen twelve. He got shot, and then he proceeded to keep giving a speech that lasted over ninety minutes. And what's <laughs> crazy? So this is what's crazy. I thought this was pretty cool. So he was actually a he had an obsession with taxidermy. Uh, that started from a very young age. And what's interesting, I thought this was super cool, since he's a taxidermist, and the way that the bullet entered him, and he saw how the wound was like, um, basically how the wound was bleeding, he could tell that there was no, he actually wasn't that hurt, it was just kind of like a flesh wound. Where did he get shot? So he got shot in the chest, and it missed his lungs. And based on, because it wasn't a sucking chest wound, he knew that... um, Basically, because as a taxidermist, you know that if it was a sucking chest wound, it, it bleeds a lot different. Like, it actually, like, su- it's, like, and it's way worse to have that um, than just a flesh wound. And so since he knew it was just a flesh wound, he's like, I'm fine. I can keep going. And I think he also, he was, like, also very, like, politically savvy. So he knew, like, how badass it would be to be like, oh, I just gave a speech after I've been shot. Like, dude, how, <laughs> can you imagine that? Like, imagine that nowadays, like. Imagine Joe Biden gets an assassination. There's an assassination attempt on Joe Biden while he's giving a speech and he keeps going. Like, dude, talk about putting some respect on your name right there. Right? (laughs) Um, The other thing, too, so his height is 5'10 and he's 237 pounds. Um, So the reason, so honestly, I knew Theodore Roosevelt was going to be one of the the two fighters. The thing that I had difficulty with was finding someone to match up with him. And that's why I went with Zachary Taylor because Taylor was like, he kind of fit the same body in shape class. in the weight class. Um, you know, I, I think this like Roosevelt just steamrolled this guy, honestly. Like, I mean, he's already trained to be a boxer. I don't know. I'm sure Zachary Taylor's had some sort of combat training um, experience. But I mean, the fact that Teddy Roosevelt, like he's been trained to box. Um, I just think he, I think he crushes him. And, and a lot of the, like kind of the presence they're associated with being in shape, like George Bush and Barack Obama, they're just like, not that like big, like they're kind of like on the slender side. And that's why I think yeah. Roosevelt just, just, he would just crush, like, even though they're more in shape, gosh, I think he, he gets, you know, they get hit by this guy a couple times. They're, they're going down. There's no, there's no way they're lasting through that. So, um, I think Theodore uh, Roosevelt wins this pretty handedly, um, but I think Taylor would put up a good, good fight. So that's, All right. how, that's how that would go down, in my opinion. Well, you're you're going you're going uh, more of like you 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 did have you know some of the the good background information there, but you definitely seem to go more in like the weight class. Yeah, the the yep. the, 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 yep. the shape and build. I'm going off of feuds of history. Oh, okay. All right. So, uh, in the red corner, 
is Andrew Jackson. Okay. In the blue corner is John Quincy Adams. Okay. Um, you know, it always amazes me when people are like so surprised with how polarized things are today. Yeah. Things were extremely polarized for the two elections that Andrew Jackson and John Quincy Adams squared off against each other in. And it actually, you know, the other thing too is like, well, people are like, oh my God, how could people storm the Capitol? Well, I think it was the one, the first, so it was the 1824 election when John Quincy Adams won. People actually stormed the White House. Oh, wow. I didn't um, know that. Yes. Uh, Jackson supporters stormed the White House. Um, so not the first time this has happened. Um, is it unprecedented? Yes. Uh, but, but this was like, this was bad. So in, in Quincy Adams, we have, you know, a very, um, posh, lavish lifestyle. You know, obviously his father was, was a president. Um, and, uh, you know, this guy well-traveled. He traveled to Europe by the age of 15, fluent in multiple languages, went to Harvard. Um, and then you have Jackson on the other side, rough upbringing, practically like lived on his own in South Carolina, you know, apparently was kidnapped by British soldiers. I want to say probably revolution time still. Yep. Yep. Um, That's why I found that too. So, um, you know, you've got this, this snooty rich kid going against an angry commoner who pretty much was, was, uh, you know, left to his, his own devices growing up. Um, but, but just like the parallels that I see between back then and today, um, just the words that are being hurled between the two camps were just, I was, I was getting such a good chuckle. It's like, Supporters of Andrew Jackson are just like out in the streets, like calling Adams a pimp in a bad way. Like, you know, cause the, the moral standards I think were a little different back then. So, you know, <laughs> nowadays, you know, all the kids are walking around like, dude, that guy's such a pimp. I'm like, do you even know what that means? And on the other side, John Quincy Adams supporters are just out in the open, just calling Jackson's wife a slut. Yeah, yeah, like, yep. like they're, they're just because well, just... <laughs> t- technically, uh, Jackson committed adultery. Interesting. Um, so he married her while she was still married to another man. Now, granted, that guy was abusive to her, and that like came out like later. But yeah, he married her while she was still married to another um, man, and so that was a big, that was a big, um, big no, no. Big no-no back in the day was he was technically adulterous, still, which still probably is a no-no these days too. But it's still definitely a no-no, but it's much less of a like. I think today it'd be much more understood. Like if someone was going through, like you know, let's say someone had an abusive spouse, and then they were like, you know, they ran away, and then they like people would be like, oh, okay, that that makes sense. But back in the day, I think it was kind of just like, you know, that like people are like they were much more about the like proper, you know. Yeah, like, oh, you're married to this person, like you know. So I don't know. I thought that was the, uh, that was pretty interesting. The one that I thought was the best. I I found this article. It was a CNN article. It must have been published ages ago because it was still in like HTML format and everything. Awesome, but, awesome. Uh, super super rugged. But it was talking about how like newspapers. Again, just so many parallels. Newspapers just had just like such slanderous like 
titles, you know, very misleading, so on and so forth. But a newspaper that was supporting or an article that was supporting Adams just like openly published. And this would never get published these days, at least not the way that they put it. But they're like, why would you vote for Andrew Jackson? His mother is just a common prostitute brought to this country <laughs> by British soldiers. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, wow. Just like imagine that happening today. Like yeah. Donald Trump gets on Twitter and just says, Joe Biden's mom was a common prostitute. <laughs> <laughs> like, fuck? Like, that would never fly. Like, oh my even, gosh. Even, even with like all the stuff that's going on, it's like, wow, you, you had to dig real low to get to that one. And you it was called like, his mom a common prostitute. That's a good insult <laughs> right there. Dude, you're such a common prostitute. Like, yeah, that was, that was pretty funny though. I, I got a kick out of that. I, I, I think it's a clear, based on what you were talking about earlier, I think with the, who you'd be most scared of in yeah. real life. I think Andrew Jackson wins this 10 times out of 10. You know, I, I don't yeah. know a whole lot about John Quincy Adams, but you just kind of look at him and you're just like, yeah. Well, just like <laughs> Jackson seemed to be a very physical guy. Yeah. Like he would pin you down. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, obviously in boxing, that's not really the point. You know, maybe if we're talking like MMA, you oh, know, God, that'd be awesome. But, but that I think that would be over. This this fight would be over before before the first round bell rings. Yeah, I think I think Andrew Jackson would just well. And let me too look. I have the presence height heights and weights. Um, so let me look at let's see what Adams is. Um, height. Let's do height first. Okay, so John Quincy Adams was only 5'7". Jeez. And let's see what his weight is. Two hundred and three pounds. Dang, that's kinda that's kinda chonky for a five seven five seven individual. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, hmm. I got to look. Let me see what the the White House website has to say about. Because here's the thing. Andrew Jackson only weighed 154 pounds. He he had to be quick. He had to be quick. So I feel like the MMA would be kind of Andrew Jackson wins that. The boxing might look a little different, but still. I I I think think Jackson would just kind of get after him, you know? Yeah. I'm looking here. I'm trying to see if the if the the bio on here has anything. Now he this this guy was definitely uh you know I I nothing you know I'm an educator whatever. This guy's definitely sticking. If it's Friday night, John Quincy Adams totally just he's sticking his nose in a book, which great thing to do. You know yep. I I like reading books. Um, but but he's he's thinking more of uh. He he was thinking more about uh, creating a national university as opposed to uh, how he's gonna you know figure out a way to live after being left behind. Um, so yeah, but I mean, this guy was I mean John Quincy Adams turned he ended up actually being like super successful after after uh, being the president. I guess he like spent seventeen years in in uh, in Congress afterwards. 
Interesting. Um, he he became a major proponent of the uh, abolitionist movement. So that's uh, you know fighting the good fight. So definitely you can see where uh, he and Andrew Jackson would have uh, disagreed on stuff as well. Um, but but he's definitely uh, more of a seems like more of a quiet guy to you know reserve himself to his books where uh, Andrew Jackson not so much. So that's why I've got I've got Jackson winning in the boxing match. I hate to disappoint the the listeners, but I don't have a que- an answer to the next question quite yet. Um, why do, why don't you have an answer? I'm just curious. Like, what are you, why? Uh, so, so the next question here is: Which president would you want to be if you could? And I don't know. I I look at all these guys and like, yeah, you know, a lot of them had you know did some good things. Um. What? Oh, a little, little quiet. Sorry. Yeah, I was yep, leaning yep. back. You know, they, a lot of these guys had some, some good accomplishments and whatnot, uh, but the job's like super stressful, and some of them did some really messed up stuff. That's um, true, too. Like, That's very true. I was, I was even looking, too, because like, my, uh, <clears throat> my, my original pick for who would scare me the most um, I initially started writing about Lyndon Johnson. Um, Interesting. I, 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 you know, I, the whole Gulf of Tonkin incident, whether it actually happened or not. And apparently like the documents were like declassified and said that there was actually no like report of an actual attack that took place on the day that that apparently happened. Um, I do question how and like the level of involvement that he had with the assassination of John F. Kennedy. Yeah. Yeah. Like not to get tinfoil hat. No, that that is, I don't, I don't put on my tinfoil hat very often, but, but if I do, that's one of the times that I do. Um, it, that just something didn't seem right between them. Apparently like he'd even been on the record saying like he never had, a conversation or an interaction with Kennedy that wasn't awkward. Um, so I, I don't really, I don't really know. And then it's like, you know, he gets, you know, U S involvement going in Vietnam and then just decides not to run for a second term. Like that's kind of shady, you know, Andrew Jackson, you know, known to be praised by Hitler, um, in Hitler's writings. So that's kind of like, Odd. I mean, honestly, I, I guess if I have an answer, and and you know, not that he didn't have his struggles, but I I think and and, and it's not because you know he's not doing well right now. I would say uh, I would say Jimmy Carter maybe, like I, I he like had, that he he had he had the you know he had the right ideas, you know he really wanted to you know move the country forward and he, you know, had a, a solid progressive, like, Hey, let's get with the times, um, kind of policy. I know the, uh, the, the, um, you know, on hostage crisis didn't really help his case out. That's probably the main reason he lost his reelection. Um, yeah, but I like the way he lived his life, let his life after that. Like, you know, he, oh. he founded Habitat for Humanity. You know, he's a peanut yeah. farmer. Like, yep. he's got he's got a good business going. Um, and, and, you know, 
I'd say that he's probably actually more influential after his presidency than than during, which is kind of sad because it's like it makes you wonder, like, hey, if we had given, if not we, because we weren't there, but if if the country gave him a chance, a second chance, which I mean, yeah, you could probably say he didn't deserve it. Like, I think what was handling, but I wonder what it would have been like. What was hard with him too is I feel like you know the Cold War is very much going on at that point too. And I think that he'd be like, if there's like a peacetime president, if we ever need one, like that'd be, I think he would have been a great, like if there's no like crazy, like stuff going on in the world and we just are trying to like move civilization forward. I think Jimmy Carter would be like, that'd be the guy, you know, but unfortunately it's just, there's always conflict. There's hard decisions that have to be made. And sometimes the thing that like, technically benefits the most people like maybe that's not the right you know decision or the thing that's best you know it's it's hard it's a hard job i um so i actually i double dipped again i went with uh theodore roosevelt i think that'd be i think he just lived such an epic life you know like and that's that's what i try to do too like he, he traveled you know he pursued his hobbies um, you know, you just not... want to be able to give a 90 minute speech after getting shot. I mean, who wouldn't want that on the resume? <laughs> Pretty badass. But get any no, job. he just, yeah, I mean, he just like, and I think the thing that's hard about him though is like he had a lot of tragedy in his life. Like his wife and mom died like within like three days of each other. And Jeez. there's this like part in his journal where the day his wife died, he just has an X on the page. And he was like, that was like honestly kind of like the worst day of his life. And like, understandably so like he just i don't know i think roosevelt just seemed kind of like a thing like he just uh you know city boy you know like he's just like living his best life and um yeah i would say my runner-up if it were just for one day yeah i would be franklin roosevelt okay just so i could have the picture opportunity in the big three that that, that'd pretty bad like granted he was very uncomfortable in those situations with his polio and like yeah, the for travel sure. being really yep. really difficult for him like there people are amazed that he even made it to he went to Iran for a conference flying yeah. to Iran back then God, terrible no for somebody no like and you've got to get around i mean i believe Tehran was after the uh the liberation of north africa so that made it a little easier but still it's like think about having to do that like you got to fly you probably had to fly up to greenland then to iceland then down to you know the uk and then somehow scoot along around enemy lines and then get there but you know, not that I would want to be in a picture with stalin uh although apparently roosevelt preferred stalin over churchill uh, yeah. Yep. Which was definitely interesting. I I don't know if I'm applying my morals. I mean, like, I mean, both. I mean, both of those guys were probably not the best humans, uh, equally. Um, but I would I would say if I could have if I if I could take a picture with the big three, I would. Uh, you mentioned just for one day being there for the conference. Like, those are just some crazy times back. Like, just, like, they were just all, like, again, like, um, it's just hard to imagine that, you know? 
that was like, you know, they, they talk about like all this, you know, everybody makes a big deal out of like, Oh dude, they're putting a big three together in the, in the NBA and blah, blah, blah. And you know, they're, you know, Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic are coming together and oh, Kevin Durant's going here. And it's like, you know where the term big three came from? It came from that. Like yeah, that is the true. original big three. OG like, big three. Yep. Like guarantee you that's where that term came from. And like the amount of decisions that were made that had to have a lot of care and a lot of disagreement and probably those three all trying to like wanting to wrangle each other by their necks. Well, th- and that um, was the thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and just, you can like look at the transcripts and like the rec- not the recordings, but like what, what like not the journalists, but it was like the, the attendance of like those three guys, like what they were writing about, how they, how they were feeling after the meetings and, what each one said when they went back to their, their rooms and everything like that on their own, super crazy. And being there, it's like, wow, like the fate of the world is being decided. And like, that's where they got like the D-Day invasion. Cause that's where they argued over like how, how, uh, how um, America should insert itself into Europe and it's like, oh, we want, uh, like, how Churchill just wanted the, uh, he wanted, like, just go in from the south. Which they did end up doing at first. But then it's like, no, we actually need you guys, like, then you have Stalin saying, no, we need, we need you guys to invade from France. And, like, the fact that that was eventually decided upon, although, you know, he had, you know, the invasion of Italy and that kind of helped things out too. but it would be cool to just be there when those big decisions were made and like, look at the emotions in the room and look at how people are feeling about those decisions that are being made. And that, that would have been interesting to witness. It was really interesting. Cause I kind of, to touch on that, like just be in that, be in the play. Like I went to the, when I was in Munich for a day by myself, I went to the spot where the Munich conference was held, like mm-hmm. the building Yep. And now it's just like a university building. Nothing like really, um, you know, substantial about it. Um, but what was just like kind of crazy to me is just like to be in that spot where that happened, you know? And there's something about like just like where there's like places on this earth that where there's like historical stuff happens that like has great, you know, and it's just like you just feel something there but then you also wonder is like how many other people are actually feeling something as they're walking there that's true i mean they don't necessarily know the significance of it i mean people are just walking around there like you know going off their lives and that was also kind of cool too at the same point so i don't know maybe jimmy carter for president uh if i if i if i did that but i don't know some solar panels on the white house yeah you know gotta gotta get that environmental impact down you got anything else for us before we? Uh, before, no, man. Again? I think that was a that was a pretty good. I like that episode. That was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun researching it and putting that together. And uh, I don't know if we'll come back to this format anytime soon, but I, I enjoyed that a lot. That was fun. That was a good if, time. If you needed to know anything, 
Andrew Jackson's mother was a common prostitute. Is that going to be the title of the oh, podcast? I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I want this on my name, but... <laughs> I think we'll just probably do... We'll do something like the President Day special or something like that. Yeah, so. that, 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 that always yeah. works. The people yeah. can hear it if they want to. Yeah. All righty. Well, thanks again uh, for tuning in, folks. Uh, we'll have some good, uh, good information. Maybe we'll do a similar format next time. Maybe we'll, we'll do something else. We'll figure it out. But and one thing I want to quickly add is if you do have any feedback, and uh, we'd love to hear from you, uh, we're probably going to get some more stuff up and running here. You know, we're building, we're laying the foundation right now. You know, we're laying the foundation. Yeah. We're trying to build some solid, uh, get some solid episodes under us. But uh, if you do want to reach out via email, our email address is the unskewed weekly review at gmail.com. So we have free to reach out now? to us. We have an email. Yeah, we had to have one for the, the Apple stuff. So oh, nice. we've had that for a while, and I was just like, you know, let's throw this out there that this and is here. Uh, make some Google Forms, you know? Yeah, yeah. eventually we'll get some Google Forms, you know, maybe a, a fallen website. I don't know. We'll see, we'll see where this goes. But thank you for listening, and uh, until next time. Right, Goose? Yes, sir. We'll see you then. All right. Take care.